From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, a glaucoma by any other name. In these eyes, the evidence for structural damage may not be quite evident. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. Chronic angle closure glaucoma and primary open angle glaucoma are different anatomical paths to the same pathology with similar signs and symptoms and similar optic disc findings. Of course, that's more a kind of a creed than a statement of actual fact. It turns out that the self-evident statement glaucoma is glaucoma really does need evidence. Koros Nori Madavi investigated the difference between chronic angle closure glaucoma and primary open angle glaucoma and found that, in some important ways, they're quite different. Aside from having narrow angles, how do angle closure glaucoma eyes differ anatomically from normal eyes? Well, um, these people actually uh, have a few characteristics that sets them apart uh, from opening glaucoma eyes. They have been shown to have a, a shorter axial length, and um, uh, they have shallower ch- anterior chambers. And it's been also shown that they have uh, relatively and also absolutely thicker lens. And since they have a shallow chamber, um, it's been also observed that their uh, lens, lens is actually uh, relatively uh, displaced uh, forward compared to, uh, and you know, cases of opening the glaucoma. So these are the main issues, basically: a shorter axial length a fairly larger lens that makes the chamber to be shallower and therefore uh, makes the angle to be uh, narrow in these cases. Prior to your study, what evidence existed that the natural history of angle closure glaucoma might be different from that of primary open angle glaucoma? Well, uh, there was a few studies actually before we uh, undertook this study that pointed towards uh, potential differences uh, in these um, two groups of different, uh, two different groups of glaucoma patients. Um, there's uh, a couple of studies from Japan and Korea where um, people showed that uh, the perpapillary atrophy is less prevalent in uh, angle closure glaucomas. And uh, um, also a good study from uh, Hopkins by, um, I don't remember the first author, but it's from uh, Dr. Quigley's group. And uh, they actually showed, they looked at uh, HRT parameters and OCT parameters, and they did show that there was some differences in um, a lot of the different stereoscopic parameters from HRT 
but um, they uh, they argued that since they did a lot of um, different uh, comparisons, therefore um, they corrected for those different comparisons by doing adjusting the p-value uh, with using a Bonferroni correction, and therefore they argued that maybe these are not really. Uh, significant differences, but my um, our counterpoint and the the way we look at this uh, issue is that these these are all the, all these parameters are kind of interrelated, correlated uh, uh, among each other, and therefore using um, such a conservative p-value using a Bonferroni correction is probably not the best approach. So uh, there's um, a couple of other smaller studies that have um, shown maybe the stereoscopic parameters from DHRT um, are uh, different among these uh, two groups of people, two groups of um, glaucoma patients, I should say. Kouros, what was the objective of this study? What question did the study seek to answer? Right. Well, um, as we discussed, the main goal of the study was uh, to prove or disprove the fact that whether the uh, appearance of the disc and visual field loss um, was different uh, between uh, glaucoma patients with a chronic angle closure glaucoma versus um, um, patients who have uh, primary open angle glaucoma. And we looked both at structural outcomes, um, basically the appearance of the disc on a stereoscopic photograph and um, the uh, HRT findings, mainly disc size and uh, stereometric parameters that are well known um, and also the uh, extent and location of field loss in these uh, two groups of glaucoma patients. The premise being that there may be differences in um, the the nature of the the progression of the field in the in the nature of the appearance of the of the disc in these these two different right conditions. right. So we we hypothesize actually. Thank you for clarifying that. We hypothesize that actually based on our clinical experience and also the evidence in the literature that the angled closure glaucoma patients are less likely to uh, show evidence of glaucomatous damage at the same levels of visual field loss. Or maybe I should put it uh, that the, the signs of glaucomatous damage are kind of more subtle at the level of the um, optic nerve head. That's one thing. And also, um, a lot of people uh, think that um, basically blood supply is a major issue, um, lack of blood supply, I should say, is a major issue or a major um, pathophysiological mechanism in open-angle glaucoma. Therefore, and there's a variety or a, a common variety of the primary open-angle glaucoma where we have a focal loss, which uh, some people like to call um, focal ischemic uh, type of glaucomatous loss. And again, based on uh, our experience and the evidence in the literature, we felt that the angle closure of glaucoma patients are less likely to show uh, focal signs of damage, and uh, we felt um, they, they're more likely to show like diffuse loss. Um, so that's one of the other reasons we looked at the prevalence of um, this uh, type of um, uh, focal glaucomatous loss and at the level of the disc and also at the level of the visual fields. Um, a lot of these people with focal uh, rim loss tend to show 
small paracentral scotomas or more common involvement of the paracentral test locations on the visual field. Let me get you to describe the design of, of your study, how you went about setting this up in order to answer those questions. Sure. Uh, so uh, what we did is that we basically uh, uh, screened our clinical uh, glaucoma database uh, for patients who had a uh, reliable and good quality HRT image and stereoscopic optics photographs with uh, a, uh, a reliable visual field uh, uh, available within a year of the uh, images uh, and the uh, evidence of visual field loss had to be confirmed at least once. And we basically um, went through our glaucoma, angle closure glaucoma patients first to find eligible patients. And uh, after we had our um, angle closure glaucoma patients set, uh, we basically went back through our primary open glaucoma patient database and did find a, match, a matching group of glaucoma patients who were matched uh, for first severity of visual field loss, and uh, by matching here we mean within a decibel of uh, visual field loss, in decibel of, uh, of mean deviation, basically, of visual, showing, of visual field loss. And also, um, the same uh, patients were matched also for the race. So these are the main issues that were not probably um, adequately addressed in prior uh, studies. Also, I want to mention that we um, wanted to include only chronic uh, angle closure glaucoma patients since um, there is also some uh, evidence that the appearance of or the um, type of damage you see at the level of the disc uh, may be different in, in acute versus chronic angle closure glaucoma patients. Once we, had, we found these two groups of patients, we uh, then uh, compared uh, the, um, the main outcome measured in the two groups, which, as I said, were presence of focal rim loss, which we described as a, a, rim loss, a localized rim loss uh, extending uh, an, a clock hour or less. Uh, we also looked at uh, HRT stereometric parameters, including this size, and also extent and location of visual field in these uh, two groups. Um, the um, one one thing I should mention is that we actually uh, included only patients who had a mean deviation of uh, minus 15 decibels or better in this study, since we were interested in the patterns of early damage, early glaucoma damage. One basically, once you have advanced damage, it's everything looks uh, the same, and therefore it uh, was important to include uh, glaucoma patients with uh, fairly early evidence of uh, damage. And for the purpose of the study, how did you define the angle closure glaucoma? Well, uh, the, 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 since this was a retrospective study, uh, we really could not apply prospective uh, standard criteria, but we did require um, first that the, the, the uh, attending physician did diagnose the patient with an chronic angiology glaucoma, and the second uh, requirement was presence of either um, PAS or peripheral anterior synechiae, uh, or uh, evidence of a steep iris uh, configuration um, as uh, defined based on um, space George space criteria um, and evidence of obviously high pressure since angiocrogic glaucoma is considered to be a high pressure glaucoma 
and um, obviously evidence of um, perimetric glaucoma field law. Chris, what were your results? What were your findings? Now, um, I'll, I'll describe them one by one according to the modality. So at the level of the disc photographs, actually, we did not find a significant difference uh, prevalence of focal rim loss or peripapillary atrophy. And I actually didn't mention the peripapillary atrophy previously. The way we looked at it uh, was that we uh, determined the ratio of peripapillary atrophy to the disc area. Um, since we couldn't actually um, measure the uh, real value, we couldn't um, uh, correct for the potential magnification of the images, so we calculated the ratio of the uh, peripapillary area to the disc uh, area. And um, as I said, um, neither for the focal rim loss nor for um, the extent of the peripapillary area uh, to disc area ratio, uh, the, the two groups uh, were any different. However, when we um, compared the stereometric parameters, we found that first um, the disc size seems fairly similar in the two groups. Uh, but um, quite a few stereometric parameters were different um, with the angle closure glaucoma eyes showing evidence of less glaucomatous damage. And remember, these, these eyes have been matched for um, evidence uh, for uh, severity of glaucomatous damage. Uh, um, the average mean deviation was um, almost equal in the two groups. So. Um, this, this shows that for the same amount of visual field loss, the uh, angle closure glaucoma patients uh, tended to show less evidence of uh, structural evidence or less evidence for structural damage. Um, now, one thing I wanted to add also is, uh, and it's shown in our figure, uh, we also looked at the prevalence of focal rim loss at the level of DHRT using the Moorfields regression analysis and uh, the glaucoma probability score. And um, the way we looked at it, basically the Moorfields regression analysis gives you, um, compares the data in each sector and globally to a normative database and gives you some idea how different from normal uh, the rim area in that particular sector of the optic disc is and uh, gives you basically either a, a green check mark, which is within normal limit, or a, a yellow exclamation mark, which is borderline, um, can't quite decide, or a red uh, cross. And uh, uh, when we looked at the, the globally and at different sectors of the HRT's rim area, the very interesting finding was that in the infratemporal sector, the angle closure glaucoma patients were much less likely to show evidence of localized damage. And the infratemporal sector is actually uh, the most important part of the disc showing evidence of early glaucoma in primary open angle glaucoma patients. And therefore, with um, this sector showing much less evidence of damage in this group of glaucoma patients, uh, it kind of supports the notion that uh, the angle closure glaucoma patients are uh, demonstrating less focal loss. I was surprised to see that the HRT disc area was similar in the two groups. Mm -hmm. I'd have expected the disc right. area in the angle closure group to have been smaller, given the fact that these are generally hyperopic patients. Right, right. This is actually a very good point you're bringing up, Josh. Um, 
First, let me tell you that um, the HRT studies, uh, and there's a few of them as we discussed, actually do not agree whether the disc size is um, the same, larger or smaller, in these two groups of glaucoma patients. But looking at the literature, there's a couple of studies that have addressed this, uh, and um, one of them is actually by the um, group um, uh, from Germany, Jos Jonas, that they looked actually at um, the disc size measured through planimetry, um, automated planimetry, which is an older method of measuring the disc, and they corrected for magnification by using the spherical error, not the axial length, which is um, not the um, not the best approach. But however, that's the best study in the literature, and it actually what they found is that the difference in myopic and hyperopic eyes does not become uh, quite prominent until. Uh, higher levels of amyotropia, such as minus 8 or uh, lower for myopic eyes and plus 4 or higher for hyperopic eyes. So, uh, honestly, within the range of uh, amyotropia we're uh, talking about, um, the jury is still out. I, I do agree that um, the um, current understanding or, uh, or clinical experience is that these hyperopic eyes tend to have a smaller disc. Uh, areas, but uh, it's not a uh, matter that has been proven um, uh, basically beyond a doubt. And I would like also to add a, the, another issue here in our study and in other prior studies that uh, the disc area in HRT needs to be, to be exact, needs to be corrected um, by uh, putting the keratometry, the K-reading values into the machine. And since um, most of the studies, including ours, have been retrospective, uh, these uh, numbers are not, not always available. So there is a um, correction factor that needs to be um, taken into account. The other issue is even uh, when we put uh, those K-readings into the HRT machine, uh, we uh, recently presented some data at ARVO showing that even the keratometry correction is not the best correction. And uh, short of axial length, uh, you're not um, basically, um, you're, you're not getting the correct disc size. So um, about this size, I should say, uh, the jury is still out. Uh, we can't really make a, a final, uh, uh, draw a final conclusion with regard to this size in um, these two groups of glaucoma patients. Now, Kouros, if the two groups have, let's say, similar disc area, and the chronic ankle closure glaucoma group had smaller cups, lower cup-to-disc ratios, lower cup volumes, these are all things that you found, why do you think it is that the visual fields were s similar? It, it, it sounds as if, to, to me reading this paper, that the chronic ankle closure glaucoma group had less axonal loss. So why, why are the visual fields for the two groups the same? Right. Well, that's a good question, um, and I should say that um, uh, although the disc area seems similar, but there, there is again um, the clinical experience um, um, suggests that these eyes might have a, <clears throat> a smaller number of axons. And you again, you you will tell me, okay, if the disc size is the same, um, why they should have a smaller uh, number and. What I can tell you as a preliminary answer is that, um, uh, again, based on our new findings, um, the uh, HRT tends to overestimate the disc size in smaller eyes. 
so uh, assuming that these angiochromic glaucoma eyes have smaller axial length, therefore, the overestimation of the HRT measurement is more prominent in an angiochromic glaucoma patient. That therefore, they do, they potentially do have a smaller disc size, and again, potentially a smaller number of axons. And if that's true, if these assumptions are true, therefore, the um, potential conclusion could be that maybe if they have a smaller number of axons, therefore, they have a smaller number of reserve, basically, reserve um, axons. They have a smaller number, a smaller amount of redundancy. And therefore, uh, with the same number of axon loss, they're more likely to uh, show evidence of uh, functional damage on the visual field. You didn't observe a significant difference in the two groups with respect to focal rim loss. Why had you expected to observe a difference? Does this get to what you mentioned about one potential etiology for the the open angle group being more more vascular than with the chronic angle closure group? Right, right. So basically, it goes back to the the, the issue we discussed. That uh, remember, these group of glaucoma patients we looked at, we uh, do not have their untreated pressures. So it's kind of a um, hodgepodge or a mix of. Um, higher tension, I should say, or high tension glaucoma patients and low tension glaucoma patients. And um, in in our clinic, probably we're talking about a mix of uh, one, two high tension glaucoma versus one normal tension glaucoma, let's say 30% of um, uh, normal tension glaucoma. So they, and these and normal tension glaucoma patients are more likely to show evidence of localized rim loss um, and localized um, field loss near um, the uh, the fixation area. So, um, and as as we discussed, also the angle closure glaucoma is a typically a high pressure glaucoma. We assume that the non IOP related risk factors, including other systemic factors. Um, uh, including uh, also the blood perfusion or perfusion pressure inside the eye and all the other issues are less um, likely to contribute to glaucoma damage. And um, therefore, um, th these, are, uh, these eyes should be less likely to develop um, focal uh, glaucoma damage. And in addition to that, our clinical uh, impression was that we see less often uh, focal rim loss in these uh, cases. That was uh, the uh, you know the rationale behind uh, this this part of our study. Your study suggests that our clinical metrics for following glaucoma are primarily geared towards following primary open angle glaucoma and are less relevant to chronic angle closure glaucoma. How should we follow chronic angle closure glaucoma right, clinically? Right. Well, this is a very uh, important, I guess, uh, issue now we have to address. If, if the, uh, these uh, results are um, validated in others, by other people and in other studies, and then should we address these different types of glaucoma in a different way by when we're imaging the patients? And the answer is probably yes. And as you discussed, as you mentioned, all the different analyses within the, like I'm mentioning HRT since we use HRT, have been developed using open-angle glaucomatous eyes. Uh, there are also, in addition to the stereometric parameters, there are 
discriminant functions which basically com combine a few different factors that uh, come out as the most prominent factors for prediction of glaucoma from normal and uh, <clears throat> and those have been incorporated in the software as well and but all as i said all those um, factors have been uh, developed all those um, uh, parameters and uh, uh, software um, uh, have been developed using open-ended glaucoma patients. Therefore, they may not be quite suited for um, or suitable for detection of the early glaucoma in, uh, in angle closure glaucoma. However, what I wanted to also mention that this is mainly a problem for detection of glaucoma. For when, when you need to follow glaucoma, establish, I should say, establish glaucoma, it's less of a problem because once you have a baseline, basically you're comparing a, an eye or a patient to itself or, uh, you know, to himself or herself. But um, this is mainly when you want to detect early evidence of glaucoma, that's when this is most important. And you need to think that um, whatever the uh, software, whatever information the software is providing to you may not be quite valid. And uh, therefore, maybe we should just think outside of the box and then um, uh, try to develop a specific uh, set of um, uh, criteria or a specific algorithm for detection of uh, the earliest evidence of damage in angle closure glaucoma. Now, what you say totally makes sense in, in terms of developing a clinical method for following these these patients is perhaps something that we'll do going forward. But, but Kouros, someone walks into your practice today with, right. um, with potential uh, uh, chronic angle closure glaucoma and you're you're trying to establish that diagnosis or to come up with a with a therapeutic plan what right. do you do in in your practice today we we try to diagnose early glaucoma based on the disc and whenever we find a visual field loss we really um try to find some matching evidence at the level of the disc and rnfl but in these eyes as um we discussed there there may not be the evidence for structural damage may not be quite evident and therefore um, I, I uh, would rely more heavily on detecting the early evidence of damage on uh, based on a visual function be it a achromatic or white on white uh, perimetry or say uh, using other newer methods of perimetry such as uh, uh, frequency doubling technology uh, I would uh, put more weight on, uh, or more emphasis on the functional measures. Now, there's, um, you might uh, wonder uh, how useful the uh, OCT might be, and uh, um, I would say <clears throat> it might be more useful than the HRT, but, <clears throat> sorry, um, the interesting thing I can tell you based on the study um, by the Hopkins um, investigators is that they actually found that the NFL thickness also tended to be thicker in their angle closure glaucoma patients compared to angle to open angle glaucoma patients matched or not really matched adjusted for the severity of glaucoma loss. So even looking at the NFL might not be quite revealing. And again, uh, this takes us to the fact that 
we probably uh, need to be um, to, to be putting more emphasis on uh, the uh, function of findings, both for detection of early damage and or even for following the patient. That's uh, that's the the main um, uh, take-home message I would suggest based on our study. Kuros Chelukub, thank thank you very much. <laughs> sure, my pleasure. Kuros Norimadavi is in the Glaucoma Division at the Jules Stein Eye Institute at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA in Los Angeles, California. His paper, Patterns of Damage in Chronic Angle Closure Glaucoma Compared to Primary Open Angle Glaucoma, appears in the April 2011 issue of the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Nori Madavi or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.